Christ is risen. Christ is risen. Christ is risen. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Today is the fifth Sunday after Easter, and liturgically, this day is called Rogation Sunday. Rogation Sunday. And it begins in our liturgical calendar, a three-day period called Rogation Days, this Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday, that lead us right up to the ascension of our Lord Jesus Christ and the celebration of that great feast. Now, word Rogation, let's understand what it means. Simply put, it comes from a Latin word that means to ask, to entreat. In other words, to ask for the Lord, ask of something from the Lord. And to sum up the very purpose of this Sunday and these rogation days, we might think about it this way. Our Lord Jesus Christ is about to ascend, which we're going to celebrate this Wednesday night at 6 p.m. Such a critical event for us in the life and ministry of our Lord Jesus Christ. He's about to ascend and stand eternally before the Father, taking his place as our mediator, as our advocate, beseeching the Father for all things necessary for our souls and for our salvation. And we're being called these days in preparation for his ascension when he'll take his place as our intercessor to increase our intercessions, to increase our ask of God. For, this, for our salvation, for the salvation of the world, for all the souls of mankind, that they might receive mercy and salvation and all things pertaining to this life that they need to beseech God, for he knows best what they need for their life and their salvation. We might think of these days as an intensification of our intercessory prayer life so that beyond ascension, we are further joined to Christ, who is our intercessor, as that kingdom of priests, asking for salvation to come into this world. Again, rogation, it means to ask something of the Lord. And today we have revealed to us something so very important as to what is to be the nature of our intercessions with Christ and in Christ to God the Father. From our gospel reading today, from the gospel of St. John, chapter 16, listen to the teachings of our Lord Jesus Christ. Most assuredly, I say to you, whatever you ask the Father in my name, he will give you. Until now, you've asked nothing in my name. Ask and you will receive that your joy may be full. These things I've spoken to you in figurative language. For the time is coming when I will no longer speak to you in figurative language, but I will tell you plainly about the Father. In that day, you will ask in my name, and I do not say to you that I shall pray the Father for you, for the Father himself loves you, because you've loved me and have believed that I came forth from God. He says, whatever you ask in my name, he will, excuse me, whatever you ask the Father in my name, he will give it to you. And oh, my friends, if there has ever been a verse in Holy Scripture that has been so horrifically misunderstood and not understand in the absolute truth that Jesus is speaking to us, it's got to be this verse. This is at least one of the top ten. Because I've heard too many times in my lifetime 
this verse being understood in such a way that you would go to think that our Lord Jesus Christ and God the Father is some divine and sacred gumball machine. That you put the quarter of your desires and the things that are on your heart and the things that you hope to see happen, that quarter goes in the slot. God must deliver. Right? It rolls right out and we get it. My friends, to think of God this way and to think of prayer this way, to treat this verse in this way, it's as if we're hearing Jesus say, whatever you ask the Father, He will give you. That is not what Jesus taught. Jesus did not say that. What He said was this, whatever you ask in My name, whatever you ask in My name, he will give it to you. The Father will supply to you. The key is asking. The key is praying. The key is intercession. I'll tell you the key to all intercession is asking in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. What in the world does that mean? What does it mean to ask in the name of Christ? I want to let two of the church fathers teach you what it means to pray in the name of Jesus. The first is St. Bede. St. Bede said these words. But the perplexity caused by this question, what does it mean to pray in his name, has already been resolved by the old explanation of the fathers. They understood truthfully that those people alone ask in the name of the Savior who ask for those things that pertain to eternal salvation. Whenever we are not listened to when we ask, it happens because we're asking for something contrary to what would aid our salvation or the salvation of others. And for this reason, the grace of His kindness is denied us by a merciful Father because we are unsuitably asking. Did you get that? When our prayers are not answered, or go unanswered, which by the way is probably either a no or a way, not yet. But when we feel them being unanswered, St. Peter is saying, if we're praying in the name of Jesus, it is aligning with his prayer that has everything to do with the eternal salvation of souls. Whether it's yours or whether it's the souls of others that you're praying for. And in his mercy, he doesn't answer those prayers because it's not in the best interest of those souls. Ask yourself this question. Why did Jesus Christ take our flesh, our humanity, broken to himself, and carry it with him to heaven, then stand before the Father with our humanity before the Father, and there eternally offer intercessions for every one of us, placing us before the Father? It was for the love of every soul that he did this. It was for his longing that every soul be with him in paradise. This is the reason he stands before the Father and intercedes with flesh joined to his divinity. He asks of the Father. He supplicates. He prays for things that pertain to eternal salvation for all of the souls that he has ever created. To pray in the name of Jesus is to join with him in those prayers over our own souls and the souls of others that pertain to such a salvation. And what prayers does St. Bede say go unanswered? The first I just mentioned. When we pray anything that's contrary to the salvation of anyone. Our Lord loves souls too much to give us the answer yes to that prayer. 
He wants to save souls, not put things in the way of his salvation. You see, great example of that we find even in St. Paul. Blessed St. Paul, who prayed for something that was against the work of salvation in his own life. When St. Paul asked Christ, Lord, take the thorn of my flesh away. Take the thorn of my flesh away. We don't know, honestly, what the thorn in the flesh was. The Father speak, it could be many different things. What's relevant for us is St. Paul was suffering something. Whether in mind, body, or within his soul, St. Paul was in constant suffering. And he was asking the Lord to relieve him of the suffering. But what was the Lord's answer? Paul, no. By all means, no. My grace is sufficient for you. And the answer no to Paul was actually an act of God's great mercy because God knew that St. Paul experiencing Christ and his presence and his sustaining grace in the midst of the suffering that he was going through would draw Paul all the more near to his Savior and bring salvation to him and then because of that through him to a great many others. Secondly, why might the answer be no? Our prayers may seem to go unanswered when, as St. Pete goes on to say, and I didn't read this part to you, as St. Pete goes on to say in the same teaching, that when we pray for something that's actually pertaining to the salvation and the life for someone or a people, but those folks that we're praying for, their will continues to be set against God. The very prayers of Jesus Christ are joining Jesus Christ in prayers for the salvation of all. Never takes away or robs those individuals that we're praying for of their will. The Lord created man with a will. But God's man's will can always get in the way of what our Lord wants to pour upon them and benefit them with from his kingdom, his life, and his salvation. Always remember this, like Saint, like uh, C.S. Lewis said. Almost said Saint C.S. Lewis, perhaps, <laughs> perhaps, <laughs> arguably. One of the things that he said is that there are always going to be two. There are going to be those who say to God, "I will be done," and there are those to whom God is going to say, in remorse and sorrow within his heart, "Thy will be done." But to pray in the name of Jesus is to join ourselves to Christ in his very prayer before the Father for those things pertaining to life and salvation for all. And this leads us to what is, to me, one of the most incredible pictures painted by words of true Christian intercession and what it means to pray in the name of Jesus. And it came from the teaching, comes from the teaching of St. Cyprian, a bishop and martyr somewhere around AD 250. Listen to his words about this intercessory prayer, what it means to pray in the name of Jesus. He says, let Christ who dwells in your heart also dwell in your voice. I'm going to say that one line again. Please let this come in. Let Christ who dwells within your heart also dwell in our voice. And since we have him as an advocate with the Father for our sins, let us, when as sinners, we petition on behalf of our own sins, put forward the words of the advocate. 
For since he says, whatever you shall ask the Father in his name, he will give us. How much more effectually shall we obtain what we ask in Christ's name if we ask for it in Jesus' own prayer? That is an amazing picture of what we've been invited into and called into as intercessors, a kingdom of priests. The Christ who dwells within us gives us his voice of intercession that he intercedes before the Father. And again, we spoke about this in our discipleship class a number of weeks ago regarding our role as intercessors, that we are invited as a kingdom of priests to participate with Christ's own intercession before the Father for the life of the world, all souls in it, including our own. St. Cyprian is spelling this out so very beautifully for us. Our voice of prayer must be, and we have been invited to this, our voice of prayer must be unified to the voice of Christ, one with the very voice of our Lord who is standing before the Father as He prays. Then, then it will be done for us as we pass. Let me offer you some examples. I was thinking about this just towards the tail end of the week, reflecting on how I've seen this come about here in our parish. When we have prayed with the voice of the Lord, when we have prayed the prayers that he and Jesus is praying before the Father, how we have seen these things done in our midst, that it's been answered. The first is this. The intercessory prayers that we have been praying for some four or five years now for the souls of mankind to come into the ark of salvation. When we have been praying the heart of our Lord to draw all of those souls, let us be a light, Lord, that draws men to your love to experience you. When I look at the three prayers for missions and evangelism in the church that we've been praying, listen to the heart of God that we've been praying, the heart of Christ. Lord, and I'll give you snippets just from a few of them. Lord, be present in thy power with the missions in our land. Show compassion to the helpless. Enlighten those who cannot see. Renew missionary zeal in us and in your church. Make us witnesses to your goodness. Bring those who do not know you to the saving knowledge of you. My friends, can you not hear our Lord Jesus Christ interceding those things before the Father at all times for the salvation of souls? When we pray these prayers, we're joined to his voice. It's his voice that's going before the Father. And look around us. Look at what we've seen in these last four or five years. He said yes. The Father said absolutely. And he brought so many souls that weren't here two or three years ago that I see right now to come in and be chrismated and baptized and experience paradise in his kingdom and see themselves to becoming whole again. Why? Because we prayed in the name of Jesus. We prayed the voice of our Lord Jesus Christ. And it's being manifest in our midst right now, and it's continuing to be made manifest. And here's one that's a little bit behind the scenes that you don't know about. But a testimony I share with you is that every time I detect the beginning of strife among relationships in this parish, which, by the way, it happens in every family. It doesn't alarm me. 
when we have relational difficulties in this parish. In fact, they're the very things that God uses in the gymnasium of love to give us a bit of heavy lifting that we become far more muscular in the love of God towards one another. But when I see this begin, I begin to pray a particular prayer out of St. Aidan's prayer book, and it's the prayer for patience and the long-suffering nature of Christ to be given those who are struggling with one another. The prayer is this, implant, Lord, in their hearts your virtues of gentleness and patience, that restraining the fierceness of anger, impatience, and resentment, they may overcome evil with good, seeking your peace and rejoicing in your love. And I tell you that I watch over time those hearts soften and be mended. And I see our Lord who is voicing this prayer because you have to know and you have got to believe the truth that our Lord Jesus Christ seeks that there never be divisions among the relationships of his people. That we are to be as one together as the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit are one together. He intercedes for this. And you know, there are times it takes a bit longer for those relationships to mend, even as those prayers are prayed, because our Lord is dealing with the will and the spirit and the brokenness within each individual, healing them, softening them, and bringing them back together. But make no mistake, my friends, when we pray that prayer, that voice of Christ, he keeps us as a whole body, and he protects the relationships therein. The last testimony I'll give is the intercessions we hear quite often together here at the end of the Mass when we intercede for the healing work of our Lord Jesus Christ in the sacrament of holy unction. When we pray the prayers for the healing of the whole person, body, mind, and soul as we anoint someone with oil. And I have seen always one of three results when we do so. One, I have seen the Lord heal and amaze some doctors in the healing. We've testified of that together over the years. Secondly, if not that, we have seen the Lord speed up and bring great comfort to the one in need of healing, speed up their healing, and bring them the salve of relief. And finally, we've also seen this, that our Lord may not heal the person right away, may not speed up the healing right away, and yet the person anointed with oil the voice of Christ praying over them and are joining ourselves to it, he gives them such grace to withstand suffering a bit longer. And what do we get to see? We get to see someone brought so very near Jesus Christ where he shows them how incredibly, intimately present he is with them in the midst of their suffering and their faith skyrockets through the process. Our Lord faithfully answers these prayers because he's the one interceding them and we're joining ourselves to that. What is all of these testimonies? What are all of these testimonies showing us? They're showing us what it means as a kingdom of priests filled with the Holy Spirit, invited into and joined to Christ in his voice of intercession. And when we pray, asking of the Father in the name that is in Christ's heart, in his nature, in his disposition, in his will, the very voice of our Lord Jesus Christ, when we pray that, it will be done. It will be done. So we have these next three rogation days. Let this be fresh on your mind as you intercede for the needs and the life of the world in these next three days. Join your prayer. Not Don't pray what you think. 
Pray what we can know. Pray the prayers that are the voice of Christ for all. And watch what will happen. It may be that as we live beyond ascension, faithfully, even more faithfully, in the calling as these intercessors, that by praying in the name of Christ, we may see the things pertaining to salvation granted in our times. And why? Jesus says this, that our joy may be full. For Christ is risen. Indeed, he is risen. Christ is risen. Indeed, he is risen. Christ is risen. Indeed, he is risen. In the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen.